If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal Stefano, Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. You're listening to the number one fitness, health, and entertainment podcast. This is Mind Pump. Now, in today's episode, we talk about the pump. This is what a lot of people love when they work out in the gym. This is where blood engorges a muscle, makes it look full and round. It helps you connect to the muscle. It also contributes to muscle growth and then indirectly to fat loss. So in today's episode, we actually give you six ways you can improve the pump that you get in the gym. Now, this episode is brought to you by our sponsor, Paleo Valley. Paleo Valley makes some pretty awesome products, healthy products. One of our favorites are the meat sticks. These are grass-fed meat sticks. They're not dry. They're delicious. The macronutrients are amazing. There's no carbs. It's protein and healthy fat. Go check out Paleo Valley. They have a lot of other stuff as well. All you got to do is go to paleovalley.com. That's P-A-L-E-O valley.com forward slash mind pump. Then use the code mindpump15. That's mindpump15 for 15% off any of their products. Also, this month, we've put together three workout bundles that help three different types of people. Each bundle includes nine months of exercise workout programming. So that means you have all your workouts planned out for you for the next nine plus months. That includes exercise demos. We tell you how many reps, what workouts to do, what exercise to do, how many sets, everything. You need, there's no guesswork whatsoever. Here are the three bundles. The first one is for beginners. That's called the new to weightlifting bundle. The second one is for people with intermediate experience. That's the body transformation bundle. And then the third one, it's for those of you that are advanced, people who've been consistent for a long period of time and want really, really good hard workouts. It's the New Year Extreme Intensity Bundle. All of these also come with one year of free access to our private forum. So you can ask people questions about training or nutrition, or you can post videos of your exercises and get forum critiques. There's also funny memes that are shared on there, great debates. You can find myself, Adam, and Justin on there daily. Um, It's one year of access free included with any of these bundles. And all the bundles come with a 30-day money-back guarantee. That means you can sign up, try out the workouts, try out the programs, and if you are not blown away, if it doesn't satisfy you, return them for a full refund. You can find out more about all of these bundles at mapsdecember.com. That's M-A-P-S, December.com. All right, guys. Honesty time. Honesty time. What's one of your favorite <laughs> feelings in the gym? When you're working out, what's one of the best feelings or things that you get? When... A girl comes over and compliments my calves. Wow. Yeah, that's that, it right is, that is the best feeling. Is that what you were looking for? Nope. What's second? <laughs> <laughs> What's second? Uh, when I look in the mirror and I'm doing bicep curls and my hair looks full. <laughs> <laughs> Stop with the fantasy stuff. Let's yeah. talk real now. Yeah. Things yeah. that are real. That actually happen. Yeah. Yeah. All most. right. All right. I know what you want me to say. It's the pump. Okay. It's the pump. The pump. Everybody it, loves the pump. Everybody loves the pump. The pump, it's Arnold uh, especially. Yeah, and uh, it's a great feeling, and you know, uh, there's actually some value to it. A lot of people might not realize that there's value uh, to the pump. It was, you know, it, you know, from a scientific standpoint or medical standpoint, I guess the the term for a pump is transient sarcoplasmic hypertrophy. All right, so that's that's what you would call it, and I guess uh, in, in a complicated way. But yeah. what that basically means, transient meaning. 
not permanent. Sarcoplasmic uh, is, or sarcoplasm is all of the fluid and stuff that's inside your muscle that is not muscle fiber. Hypertrophy is growth, right? So transient sarcoplasmic hypertrophy. A pump is the blood becoming, excuse me, the muscle becoming engorged with blood and fluid and feeling bigger and fuller. And a lot of people enjoy this feeling. Uh, I definitely know I do. Mm. But a lot of people don't know that there's a lot of value uh, to getting a pump uh, in the gym. Well, muscle building value, right? I mean, we know we obviously know what it feels like when you do it, but it's, it belongs in everybody's routine regardless of what your goal really is. That's right. Know? And it tells you a lot, too. In fact, you know, uh, I, I didn't train a lot of bodybuilders. Most of my clients were everyday average people, normal people who just want to improve their fitness. But even with them, I would, uh, you know, if it was was appropriate, I would help them achieve a better pump in the gym or we'd seek it out. And one of the main reasons why I did this was it was a great way to tell me that they were connecting mm. to a muscle that we were working. Well, it's also a great way to tell they're not. Right. right? So right. if you have, a, you know, a client that's doing an exercise and you're targeting a specific muscle – uh, but they're not working it uh, to its fullest capacity, and you've done three, four sets of 15, 20 reps, there should be plenty of fluid that's pumped into that muscle that it should have a pump. And if it doesn't and they don't feel that muscle, uh, there's a good chance that their, their, their form technique is off and helping them make a, uh, become aware of that by going after the pump is a great technique. Yeah, in fact, um, in my experience with a client, their first time getting a pump uh, that was a sign to me as a trainer that the muscle was about to really start to develop. You know, mm -hmm. when I would get a new client, usually they don't get that feeling, right, for a little while. Oh, first thing you have to do is really establish that mind-muscle connection. And so I, that's why I do like to, to kind of break it down to single joint type movements. And to, to get that to respond and get a pump is, is definitely a signal that uh, something's happening and, to them. And what exactly is it, Sal, that is causing it to build muscle like you're obviously is it the uh the fluid filling into the cells and the cells expanding to a new size and because it, they're they're growing in size that therefore you can build more muscle yeah that's, that part, I mean? yeah that's part of it the actual pump itself uh seems to cause uh, a louder muscle building signal bodybuilders have known this for a long time but then there's also the conditions that allow the pump to happen and when the conditions are right and you get a good pump those are the same conditions that contribute uh, to muscle growth, right? So your ability to get a pump oftentimes just tells you that you're in the right condition um, uh, to build muscle. Now, back to the client thing, you know, here's something as a trainer that you you learn. You have, in fact, you're taught this in some certifications, but you learn this uh, on your own as well. And that is to get a client to feel a muscle. Sometimes you have to po you have to touch it, yeah. right? So hey, you need external feedback. Yeah, they need that feedback. So it's like here, squeeze your back, and they're like, oh, I'm trying to squeeze. And then you, you put your finger on the muscle, and you say, squeeze right here, and all of a sudden they can feel it. Well, a pump provides that as well. Once you kind of get a pump, and you can feel that muscle that's uh, kind of filled with blood, each subsequent rep and set becomes more and more connected than even the the, the first ones. So now, what what is your thoughts on this? Here's here's a here's a uh, some some bro science or some bodybuilding things that we used to do, and um, I I don't know how to explain it really well, uh, but I do know that from experience doing it myself and watching my peers do this, that it seemed to work really well. And one of the things that we would do like uh, before you get on stage is 
whatever muscle is your um, you know inferior muscle group. So like let's say you have a kind of a weaker chest in comparison to the other muscles, or let's say you have weaker shoulders, mm-hmm. whatever whatever muscle group. Um, you would load up with carbohydrates and a little bit of water before you go on stage, and then you would pump up those specific muscle groups. Now, is that just uh, the blood that I'm 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 sending over there, or am I actually getting some of those nutrients, carbs, and fluids, extra fluids to f- to fill into those muscle bellies that I'm actually pumping up? Oh yeah, I mean carbohydrates attract water. Um, you ever try to get a pump on a zero carb uh, diet? You know it's much more difficult, right? Uh, to feel the muscles, you know, pumping up. Now, does that mean you can't build muscle on a no carb diet? No, you can still build muscle, but again, we know that the pump itself also causes uh, muscles to build. I mean, I remember it myself as a kid, right? When I first started working out, um, I had I had to kind of learn how to connect and feel muscles. And I remember for me, it was at first, and this is common for a lot of people, it was hard to feel my back, mm-hmm. right? So I do pull-ups and I would do rows and I do all these movements and I'd feel it in my arms, but it'd be really hard to kind of feel in my back. And my back kind of lagged a little bit, uh, I, th- I believe, as a result. And I remember one day reading, a, I was reading a book and uh, the author of the book um, recommended that you do a superset for your lats, do like a dumbbell pullover to a pull-up. So isolate the lats, then go do your pull-up. And I did it, and it was the first time I'd ever felt a lat pump. From that day on, mm-hmm. I could always connect to my back. From that day on, I could always feel where I'd want to work with my back. And then my back progressed in terms of its development. And if you talk to a client, or even if you're listening right now, the muscle that lags in you, like let's say you're trying to build your butt, and you do squats and deadlifts and all these movements, you probably have a tough time getting a pump. In well, the butt as well. Well, back especially, I feel yeah. like, right? Mm-hmm. Back is one of those ones that, I mean, think about it. All back exercises are, is either pulling a weight towards you or your or your body towards the the, the, the stationary thing, right? So you're, you're pulling something into you. And if you're naturally in this rounded position where the shoulders are forward, mm-hmm. uh, the the default thing for you to do is to pull with your arms mm-hmm. because you're in this protracted yeah, you're position. You're going to be reaching too yeah, much. Yeah, and not to engage the lat. So- uh, getting a back pump is probably one of the hardest things for people to do, and you know that's a great way to teach. Like you said, is to try and get them to get a pump in that that position so they could feel how to engage those muscles. Totally, it actually tells you quite a bit, right? So, and compound movements are excellent. They they build great muscle. They're great at fat burning. Great at boosting the metabolism. But compound movements work a lot of muscles. So if you're somebody, again, I'll go back to the butt thing. Let's say you want to build your butt, and you know the squats uh, are great for your butt, and you do squats. Like, man, my quads get really pumped. Mm-hmm. I don't really feel it in my butt. That's a signal. That's telling you that you're probably not activating the glutes uh, as well as you could, especially if that's what you're trying to target. I know for me, for example, I could do a compound lift like a bench press, and by changing my feel, I could get more of a pump in my shoulders and triceps or more of a pump in my chest. And that tells me the muscle that is being worked more, which also tells me yeah, which one's going to develop more. This took a, a while for me to, to really understand because I was uh, more prone to doing uh, compound lifts and uh, really focusing on the movement and the technique. And it wasn't until later where I started to kind of break down, do uh, single joint type exercises a little more frequently. And really, it, I mean, it was like a searing burn. I was not used to that. And I mm-hmm. felt like I was doing something wrong initially, but it was, uh, it was one of those things. It was a totally different, uh, way to train, which has massive benefits on its own. I also love too, like how the, 
you can you can chase a pump and not fatigue a muscle out. And so when I use it to teach a client how to fire a muscle group that I'm trying to get them to fire, let's use Sal's example with somebody who wants to build their butt. They know squatting is is one of the best ways to do that, but they just keep getting this quad pump. I take that that client and before we go into squats, I do some like floor bridges or frog pumps you know, real, just their body weight. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to do 15, 20 reps, couple sets of that just to get a nice pump in their butt so they can feel it there. Then take them over to squats. What's great is because it's just body weight. They're just getting a pump. They're sending fluid there. They won't be fatigued. They'll still be able to squat good weight. Now it feels like it's more involved. But now that the the butt is pumped and they can feel it, Mm -hmm. they're more likely to activate it and use it more in that squat. Yeah, and, and we talk about this all the time on the show. I think a lot of uh, fitness experts, um, they forget to address the psychological po- component of fitness. The psychological component of fitness is is much more important than almost any other component. And there's a very strong positive psychological connection to the pump when you work out. Uh, because here you are, you're trying to develop an area, you're trying to feel an area, and temporarily, that area becomes engorged with blood. And you can see right now, you can see results in the mirror. Yeah. I want to make my shoulders look rounder. And if I do a good job, I get a pump in the shoulders. I can see in the mirror what my shoulders will look it's like. It's almost magic, like presto change All of a sudden, I feel like bigger. I'm filling my shirt up, all that stuff. Uh, exactly. I can see in the mirror what's happening with my shoulders. I can feel it. If I want to build my butt or my hamstrings, I can feel it and I can see it. And it although it's temporary... That psychological component is very powerful. It's very encouraging, and it gets people to want to do more more workouts. So the the very first one that you listed was uh, hydration, right? So stay hydrated. Most important. Now, I, I have to be honest. Um, this really didn't completely come together for me until I was competing in my thirties. Um, sure, I, I I knew I understood the science how water is and water is mostly what's in your it's muscles. Like seventy percent, yeah, I think, right. So I get I got all that. wasn't I wasn't unfamiliar with that, but I didn't really realize what a massive difference this made until I started competing and I started tracking water, and I'd be carrying around my gallon jug, right? That Sal mm-hmm. used to love to tease me about. <laughs> um, but then when I was trying to get a a gallon in for the day a big portion of my water intake would be during this workout. And what I started to piece together is like, man, as I started pounding this water, I would really start to notice that I would rapidly like grow like Mm -hmm. in the workout. And so then I began to set a goal that right before I go into my workout, I'm going to try and put down a quarter to a half gallon of water before I go in and then also drink that quarter to half gallon while I'm in my workout and it made a massive difference in in the size and and the and how much I would get pumped up. And so one of the hardest things when you're competing as far as uh, me- the mental side is when you are cutting for a long period of time and you're in a, a, a calorie deficit, low carbohydrate, low calorie and you're dieting for a long period of time to get really really lean, uh, bodybuilders have this term they call the flat you're, you have a flat look, and that flat look is just your your muscle bellies are deflated. They don't have a lot of fluid in them because you're running low carb. You're in a deficit. They're never really totally filled up. And a lot of times it messes with your head. You're dieting to get shredded and look good for a stage, but you feel all sucked up and smaller, and you feel like you're shrinking, shrinking, and you're, it feels like you're losing muscle even though you're really not. And one of the strategies that uh, I found worked really well for me was I would start to take – this is where I took creatine a lot – is I would take creatine and then I would water load 
And then I would go in and it would give me this amazing pump and it helped with that psychological piece when I was cutting. Right. So you get the pump, you get a better pump from being hydrated, which then of course triggers more muscle growth, better adaptations, but also does hydration on its own affect your body's ability to adapt, build muscle, to lubricate and move? It definitely does. So through the hydration process, of, which encourages this you know, this feeling of a pump, which is, we, we talked about the benefits, including the psychological benefits, the hydration itself uh, also contributes to better adaptation to, to your body progressing uh, faster. Uh, hydration is by far the most important thing, by the way. There's, we're going to go through a lot of different ways to enhance the pump, but if you're not hydrated, you could try all the other stuff you want. Um, and it'll be very difficult. Uh, yeah, that takes to- a concerted effort too. Yep. So yeah, you really do have to put that at the forefront. You do. I work out first thing in the morning. And this this one's, for me, I can easily forget, right? Because if I start my workout at 6.30, I wake up at 5.30, it's really easy for me to go from waking up to, you know, I'll get ready, kind of whatever, and go to my workout. And I've had no water. I've had mm-hmm. no water all night and no water, you know, b- before the workout. And I can tell a big difference. Not only do I not get as good of a pump, I'm not as uh, strong. I don't feel as energetic. So what I do now is I, when I wake up, the first thing I do is I go have two glasses of water. And then before mm-hmm. my workout, I have another glass of water. Mm-hmm. makes all the difference in the world. So, so. Uh, do you know any, any research to support this theory too? So Sal, I had, um, when this back to my competing days when I was really pushing uh, the weight and the volume of training, uh, before I was uh, really tracking and pushing water, I noticed when I lifted early in the morning, I, there a couple of times I had this like pop in my quad mm. and it felt like a muscle strain. And uh, I've heard some people say that uh, a lot of times that can be related to hydration. Mm. And I remember I read that somewhere and then I began, okay, I'll never go into a workout without having that half gallon of water. And it never happened to me. It was something that occurred on a fairly regular basis for me and then completely eliminated when I started to I've heard that going into workouts like dry or or whatever. I've heard the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, how about this? Absolutely. Yes, there is research to show that. How, How many times have you guys noticed that you're stiff? And I mean, this took me a long time to figure out because as a kid, I didn't piece it together. But later on, I realized, oh, I'm, I'm dehydrated. I'm not drinking. And then I start drinking more water. And next thing you know, I'm much more loose mm-hmm. and limber. Mm-hmm. Water makes up the lubrication uh, of your body. It's the primary thing that makes up lubrication. So if you're not drinking enough, it's going to affect your mobility. It's going to affect uh, how smooth your movements feel. Um, and then, of course, it affects the pump. Now, the next one, this one's uh, also very important. And that's to eat carbohydrates. If you've ever gone on a low-carb diet you know that you start to notice a reduction in performance. Mm-hmm. And then if you're somebody that enjoys the pump, it kind of starts to disappear. And this is because carbohydrates attract uh, water into the body. And what your muscles store, now your liver stores, stores most of this energy, but your muscles also store a certain amount of glycogen. And glycogen is energy that's made from carbohydrates. When you go low carb, your muscles store less glycogen, so does your liver. Therefore, your muscles have less water within them, and the pumps are are more difficult to achieve. I've done keto diets before for other reasons. Uh, typically, it's for gut health reasons for me, and I'll notice the pump start to kind of go away. Then, when I'm able to re- reintroduce carbs again, it's like boom, you know, huge difference. Even just the day after. This was another thing that got pieced together for me during competing days. Um, I started to, I've read somewhere, I can't remember where I read this. So to your point, Sal, that um, for every three grams of carbs that you consume, the body holds three ounces of water. 
So if I went into a workout and let's say, again, I'm dieting, I'm, I'm trying to get lean and I'm getting ready to go into a workout. If I started to schedule most of my carbohydrates around the workout, mm -hmm. I noticed I would get these massive pumps. So let's just say uh, for argument's sake, and, and, and everybody can do this with however many grams they, they take on a normal basis, but let's say you're your daily intake of total carbs falls somewhere around 200 to 300 grams and you evenly distribute that over 4 or 6 meals throughout the day you're you know you're getting an average of 30 to 50 grams in every meal all all day long but if i were to hold back on eating a lot of carbohydrates in a majority of my meals and then put most of them around my workout i noticed it enhanced my pump like crazy so i would in my first meal that i would eat in the day i wouldn't have a lot of carbohydrates but then i would shuttle like 50 to 75 grams of carbs right before the workout plus that water mm -hmm. and then again it would just make these pumps and unbelievable right mm -hmm. now here's the other side of it besides the pump uh carbohydrates uh do accelerate muscle growth okay this is a fact so i know there's a lot of low carb uh you know people out there but zealots yeah but you will build more muscle um by eating carbohydrates studies will show this um and you're definitely gonna get stronger and this is a big one uh, performance wise mm -hmm. You may get away with some low rep, you know, stuff with low carb, but when your reps start to get up a little higher, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, or higher reps, uh, then uh, the carbohydrates make uh, a big difference. Me personally, I do, I always lose strength and I do lose performance when my carbohydrates are low, and the pumps uh, they just do they just start to you know disappear. Yeah, I've found too, uh, you know, going more low carb too. A lot of times that also brings my overall calories down a bit, and then mm -hmm. like going into workouts and not having that same uh, type of energy to pull from mm -hmm. really affects the performance. Yeah. Now the next one, this has more to do with your workout, and that is uh, to train with higher reps. If I'm trying to teach a client to connect to a muscle with an exercise, uh, it's h way harder to do with low reps than it is to do with higher reps. Like if I'm trying to get someone to feel their butt and get a pump in their butt, it's harder to do with you know five or six reps than it would be with 16 reps or 20 reps. Now, once they're connected, the lower reps can sometimes do just fine. But before they have that ability to really connect and get a pump, Higher reps is where you're going to get this this pump, and and again, if you're training for the pump, which you know when you look at most of the maps programs, by the way, especially the bodybuilding focused mm. maps programs like Maps Aesthetic, Maps Split, and even Maps Anabolic, there's a phase that is a higher rep phase, and the goal of that phase is to maximize the pump. Uh, higher reps just. They're just better overall for that feeling of getting Oh, my pump. God. This one speaks to me a lot because I would live – I love to live in the lower le uh, rep range. And when I decide to uh, transition into higher reps – it, I mean, it's it's punishing. It's it's mm. it's a totally different experience, and it's very uh, much of an ego check because you can't lift the same amount of weights. You know, you really have to be, uh, you know, you know, bring it down quite a bit to get through all the reps, and and just the the overall feeling and experience is completely different. Well, this is also like I love to see some of our friends, like uh, our buddy Stan Efforting, like uh, advocates for. Like twenty rep squats. Well, and you know? I remember yeah. he was he was a power lifter before. Right, yeah. right. And so I love to see someone talking about that or sharing that because you know we know we know what all the research says, right? Everybody knows like that between that five and fifteen rep range is what most all the research is around that supports those rep ranges are best. But it doesn't mean you can't go a little lower or can't go a little higher. And there's lots of benefits, especially when we're talking about hypertrophy, the pump chasing that. 
with exceeding 15 reps. There's nothing wrong with 20 or 25 reps, especially when the goal of the workout is to chase the pump. Right. And that's when you're looking at programming, right? So if you look at the way we've laid out MAPS programs, there's always a phase that's dedicated to hypertrophy. This is where you take advantage of these really high rep type of routines. This is where it's going to benefit you. That's the adaptation you're chasing. That It's okay for you to go 15, 18, 20, maybe 25 reps on an exercise. And I tell you what, good luck doing a, a set of something and not getting a pump after doing 20 reps of it. Right. In fact, now there's studies that support, they actually show that higher reps done with the high intensity build uh, just as much muscle. But here's really the this is really the thing about it. If it's new for you, it's going to do phenomenal. In yeah, fact, right. if you always train low reps, one of the best things you could do to build muscle is aim for a pump with higher reps. The plateau buster. Oh, I, I mean, I did this as a kid. I was just a, I was completely enamored with low reps. I love strength. And I, I, there was a bodybuilder. I forgot his name. And he wrote about doing sets of 15 to 20 reps and getting the pump and how much muscle he built. And I said, oh, you know, I really got nothing to lose. And I just just exploded. I got just great results right away from doing it. So especially if it's new, those higher reps will give you that crazy pump uh, and will cause muscle growth. Now, what goes along with that are shorter rest periods. In fact, I did a workout this morning with Adam where we were doing, you know, we worked at our back and then we went to biceps and we did uh, cluster sets, which a cluster set is like four reps, rest four seconds, four reps, rest four seconds, four reps, rest four seconds. So that whole thing is considered a set, but each time you're doing four reps, you only have four seconds of rest in between. That gave me a gnarly uh, bicep pump. It was incredible. Um, supersets are an example of this, right? Mm -hmm. Where you take two exercises, do them back to back. Let's say you do two chest exercises or two leg exercises, and then watch what happens to the way you feel. The pump gets uh, pretty intense with this. Well, one. and this is where you know all of our programs. We talk about you know giving people the flexibility to kind of adjust and do things. Like I don't think there's, I don't think we have any program where we've written like a, a tri set right where we're doing like three things mm -hmm. right back to back. But if I'm in a hurry and I'm in a phase that is hypertrophy is so basically we're chasing the pump in that phase. So these four weeks. Most all my exercises are minimum 12, 15 reps and or supersets. The main adaptation goal that we're, we're chasing right now is the pump, is hypertrophy, and maybe I'm short on time. I may take all three or four exercises that I'm doing for that muscle group, say buys or tries, and go back to back to back to back for them because that's the main goal is the pump in that. Mm -hmm. that, would, that wouldn't serve me as much if I was in the middle of a strength phase. So if I'm running a strength phase and I'm running three to five reps and that's what my programming looks like because that's where I need to be, then doing something like that is less advantageous. But if I if my my programming is on point, I'm following something where this is what I'm trying to be do, what I'm trying to do right now. There's a lot of ways that you can play with this with rest periods to get a pump with the exercises. Right. Mm -hmm. Now, if you're doing straight sets, in other words, an exercise, you do a set and then you rest and you do a set and you rest, you're looking at 30 to 60 seconds. That's a good rep range that's shorter that will give you a better pump by the way all of this stuff your body will get adapted to besides the hydrated you know and, and you know carbs like you can do that uh, all the time so long as your calories are good um, hydration you can always do that but in terms of the workout stuff the higher reps and the shorter rest periods they will give you a massive pump but if you do them all the time and you never switch out of them they'll start to give you diminishing returns so everything we're communicating right now very effective, but also should be phased, yeah. just like anything else. They have a shelf life. Just like anything else we communicate. Now, the the, the next one, this is where uh, isolation movements really come in handy. Now, isolation movements, they don't build as much muscle as compound movements. They don't build as much strength as compound movements. 
But the real value is in connecting to a muscle and getting a better pump. If I have a client that has difficulty feeling getting a lat pump Mm -hmm. or getting a chest pump or a shoulder pump or a glute pump, I'm going to search for isolation exercises to give them that. It's harder to give someone a chest pump who doesn't ever get a chest pump to go do bench press and feel a pump in the chest. But I may use a band fly or a cable fly, isolation movement, squeeze, high reps, and then I may be able to produce that pump that they're they're looking for. And this is true for all the other muscles I was talking about. So Yeah, this is a great uh, correctional uh, strategy, you know, to to apply if if you can't get your client to actually like feel that muscle and have that mind muscle connection, but also to help to actually build and develop uh, what they want. Because when they're coming in, a lot of times, you know, there's parts of their body where they're like, ah, I can never, I can never seem to, to, to build and develop and get that muscle definition, you know, from my shoulders or from my glutes or, you know, and, and this is, this is the, how I would approach it is, is to, to really break it down and isolate, uh, you know, so they can get a, a real good solid connection in that muscle. Well, now we're talking about isolation right now, but I'm also going to throw in isometrics right here. Oh, right. So, uh, and we talked earlier about um, clients having a hard time being able to feel a muscle, right? And I, I alluded to, you know, before going to do squats with a client that can't feel their butt, I might do some frog pumps. I also might do a, just a, a floor bridge iso, uh, isometric hold. Mm-hmm. where I have them in the bridge position and I have them squeeze as hard as they can and connect to that butt yeah. and hold and do an isometric hold and then go into the high rep. That's a phenomenal way to get a pump in a mm-hmm. muscle that you already have a hard time. Or do a tricep push down and hold it in a flex position as hard as you can and then go into like skull crushers or something. So if you have a muscle that you're really trying to connect to, doing an isometric hold first to that and then going to the high well, reps What a beautiful. great point because, I mean, half of it is being able to recruit enough muscle fibers and, uh, you know, there's no other exercise that, better than an, an isometric exercise to really – drive in uh you know more muscle recruitment out of it yeah especially in that contracted position right that yeah. fully squeezed you position. can really stretch your capacity out uh, a lot more that way right now the last one we save for last because it has the smallest impact it does have an impact but it has the smallest impact and most people think it has the biggest impact but that's supplements now i remember when the supplement industry really capitalized on the pump uh, the first time i really saw an effective ad for a product uh, uh, that really pushed or capitalized on the pump was, uh, I think it was, I couldn't remember the name, Super Pump 250. That's what it was. <laughs> Super, you guys remember that? Yeah. It was one of the first like pre-workouts to hit the market, Super right? Super Pump. But it was brilliant because in the marketing, what they did is they took a picture of a guy before his workout and after his workout, and, and the guy got a great pump. And it's like immediate results, right? When you get a really good pump, you look like a totally different person. And they were showing that, oh, this supplement does this. Now, do supplements contribute to a better pump? A little bit. They do a little bit. Uh, There's a couple things you want to look for in a supplement to enhance blood flow, which may enhance the pump. One is something that's going to boost nitric oxide in the blood. And one of the most effective things that does that is the amino acid citrulline. Citrulline in the body uh, helps produce more nitric oxide. Nitric oxide is a compound of the body that dilates blood vessels. And as the blood vessels dilate, you get better blood flow and you get an improved pump. Um, So if you have a supplement uh, that's supposed to help you with the pump, like a pre-workout, for example, citrulline is something that you want in there and you want a good amount of it, at least six grams, if not a little higher. I know the, 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 the Legion Pulse uh, uh, pre-workout, the, especially the bubblegum one, that's the one that we have with the mind pump, 
Um, that one has uh, more citrulline in it. It's got about eight grams of citrulline in there. Then there's beta alanine. Beta alanine, in my experience, increases the feeling and the connection of the pump. And then creatine, okay? Creatine, uh, you'll have to take for a couple weeks before you notice this, but creatine does draw water into the muscles. And so one of the first uh, results people get from supplementing with creatine is they feel like their muscles just get pumped up more mm-hmm, right. uh, from taking the supplements. So, and a lot of people are afraid of that, especially my female clients. They would be afraid of that water retention, thinking yeah. that it's going to make them look bloated. It's different, right? It's totally different, right? It's not you're you're not you're not going to get bloat from this. It's going to go into the muscle, right? We talk about the muscle having seventy percent of water, so all the creatine really is doing is volumizing the cells and drawing more water into your muscle bellies. It's only going to even if you're carrying extra body fat. You got 30 pounds you want to lose, it's going to still make your body look better because it's going to fill the muscle bellies up. Right, right. So bloat is water uh, under the skin outside of the muscle. That's what makes you bloated. Water inside the muscle is what makes your muscles feel more sculpted or shaped or toned or built. So even women who want to you know, tone down and, and lose weight and all that stuff, if their muscles are more hydrated, it'll make them appear more defined and more toned. So it's not a bad thing. Creatine does help provide that. Now, what are your thoughts on like uh, beet juice? Okay, so beet juice uh, and beet uh, type supplements, increased nitric oxide can also increase the pump. Now, here's the thing with those. Uh, beet juice has got sugar. It's got calories. Mm. If, if, you, if that works within your nutrition, you can totally do that. Beet juice has shown in uh, studies to improve uh, performance endurance. and endurance athletes. Mm-hmm. I've messed with it. I enjoy it. I like it quite a bit. Yeah. Not everybody likes it, though. Um, you could try supplementing with flavored beet, you know, kind of juice powders because beet juice itself, I don't know. Do you guys like the taste of beet Organifi's juice? Organifi's red okay. juice is phenomenal. That's, oh, yeah. that's right. Well, yeah, and it, it, I forgot it, all about it that. It tastes good, and I feel it. Yeah. I definitely feel the sta- – and so why I'm asking you is what are your thoughts on comparing that to like citrulline and beta alanine? You know, it depends on the person. Um, the ones that contain citrulline, beta alanine, t- t- tend to also have caffeine. So they tend to be more of the strong stimulant type pre-workouts. Yeah. Whereas the Organifi Red Juice is a non-stimulant uh, supplement that's still going to give you a little bit energy, but it's not that stimulant feeling. Yeah. So it depends on the person. Some people like that stimulant feeling before the workout. Other people are too sensitive to it and don't. And Is don't there prefer. any research around uh, which one of those to, proves to have give you a better pump? Do we know? No, that's funny. I, you know, I uh, I'm glad you asked that. I don't know how they would do that. Right? How would they do a study? Uh, it's so subjective. Like, oh, I feel more. Or I, I feel like, how would you measure that, right? Uh, yeah, you'd have to have it very controlled. Water intake, carbohydrate intake, same person, measurement, like before, after. Yeah, so I think it's it's really about performance. And and, and citrulline, beta-alanine, creatine, beetroot, like all those things you know, uh, show a, an improvement in performance. And then subjectively... Uh, you know, those things are, they, they, lots of people like them because they improve the, the pump. An old school way was uh, Viagra, right? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Well, see, that, isn't that still used? Yeah. <laughs> Some people do. It it's makes funny. an awkward gym experience. Yeah, nitric oxide. <laughs> so it, it, what they do is they prevent the, the breakdown of nitric oxide. That's what these, these, you know, boner pills do. And so people will take them before they work out prescription. It's a prescription drug. Yeah. And I don't think it's that important, right? You know, if you're trying to get a better pump, I think you're better off with hydrating and carbs and all that sort of yeah, stuff. It's a different kind. 
kind of take oh, Viagra. Oh, just oh, to, you know, going back to the original, and I, and I feel like we ordered these uh, accordingly. Like yeah. I really think hydration and carbs, nothing will make a bigger difference nothing. than that. You take those two out of the equation, you can exercise all day long and and feel flat and never feel like you get a pump. You load up with water, you load up with carbohydrates, and you go train. And there's a good chance just from that alone, you'll feel an incredible pump. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Look, Mind Pump is recorded on video as well as audio, so you can come find us on YouTube, Mind Pump Podcast. You can also find all of us on social media. You can find Justin at Mind Pump Justin, me at Mind Pump Sal, Adam at Mind Pump Adam, Doug at Mind Pump Doug, and those are all at Instagram. Thank you for listening to Mind Pump. If your goal is to build and shape your body, dramatically improve your health and energy, and maximize your overall performance, check out our discounted RGB Super Bundle at mindpumpmedia.com. The RGB Super Bundle includes MAPS Anabolic, MAPS Performance, and MAPS Aesthetic. Nine months of phased expert exercise programming designed by Sal, Adam, and Justin to systematically transform the way your body looks, feels, and performs. With detailed workout blueprints and over 200 videos, the RGB Super Bundle is like having Sal, Adam, and Justin as your own personal trainers, but at a fraction of the price. The RGB Super Bundle has a full 30-day money-back guarantee, and you can get it now plus other valuable free resources at mindpumpmedia.com. If you enjoy this show, please share the love by leaving us a five-star rating and review on iTunes and by introducing Mind Pump to your friends and family. We thank you for your support, and until next time, this is Mind Pump. <laughs>